Welcome to another episode of the Knock On Sports Show podcast where we break down Class AA high school football in Montana as we get ready for the upcoming 2021 high school football season. I'm your host, Anthony Knock Reiner. We have a lot to break down here on today's episode. I know this is late and we'll get into some of the technical difficulties a little bit later on in the show. You can expect that I will have an episode out this Friday. Don't worry, you won't have to wait till next Monday. We'll get back on track and we'll have an episode out this Friday, which will also wrap up our final way to early look series. But like I said, I'll dig into that a little bit later on. First off, I want to say happy Father's Day. I know it's a day late, but happy Father's Day to all the coaches and to all the dads out there. Whether it be driving kids to practice, driving kids to games, or driving kids uh, to camps, or in some cases, like the coaches, uh, they've got more than just their own kids that uh, they take care of and that they uh, influence. I would say the most thing, especially with coaches, is just the influence they provide to so many kids out there. So again, a happy belated Father's Day uh, to so many great dads out there. Also, some new things coming up with the show. Uh, first off, advertising. Again, would love to get some businesses on. Very affordable rates. Again, not trying to make a million dollars on this thing. Uh, but again, a lot of it goes to just the, the cost of getting all the equipment right. As I mentioned, some technical difficulties. I'll get into that. But again, uh, just if you want to advertise, like I said, very affordable. Just hit me up on the email at knockonsports at gmail.com. That's N-A-C-H-O-N-S-P-O-R-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can hit me on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you can message me there. Like I said, I would definitely love to get some businesses on here to uh, support uh, the, the players, the coaches, the podcast as well. Uh, like I said, got a lot of uh, great listeners. And again, thank you to the listeners that do uh, subscribe to the show. Along with that, we also have a Patreon account. So, fans, if you guys want to support the show, just click the uh, Patreon button up there. Donate whatever you want. Like I said, that those funds are just going to uh, hosting fees, production costs, things like that. Right now I'm in the process of trying to get a new board so that way I can record uh, like I used to, be able to record phone conversations. I bought a board before, but unfortunately that board just wasn't compatible. So right now going through the process of getting another one and trying to find the right one, that it will be compatible so that we can get coaches and players on throughout the summer. Hoping to have that here sooner rather than later because I do really want to get into the coaches' interviews as well. So, unfortunately, to the coaches who I've also been in contact with. So, again, thank you to all the coaches that have reached out to me already and answered the questionnaires that I sent them and are also willing to uh, chat with me as well. I can't wait to chat with you guys. But, again, it's probably going to have to be a couple of weeks before uh, we get these interviews done. Uh, some of these boards I'm seeing, it's going to take a couple of weeks before uh, they are available possibly but again gonna try and see what I can do uh, and if we got to make do some other way uh, we'll find it but again uh, like I said the patreon account the advertising more or less goes to helping uh, just you know pay the host fees and also like I said get new equipment in here get some new microphones get the stuff that uh, is needed so that way we can bring the best audio quality to this podcast uh, going forward so again please uh, help out if you can if you can't don't worry about it like I said I'm not going to at least not yet going to be creating specific specifically patreon only content i don't know if that'll come down the pipe later maybe um but for right now like i said if you're willing i appreciate it like i said all these funds uh go to the podcast and again getting the equipment uh, upgraded as well 
So uh, those are some new things going on, like I said, uh, Patreon and also advertising. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to John Kemper. Again, he's kind of leading a charge that I hope we see more of in the coming years as uh, John's just done a tremendous job with the social media for Helena High. And again, you look at some of the summer videos he's already put together. We always see the colleges put these workout videos together, these workout compilation videos. They're fun. They're, they're energetic. It gets the fan base going as we wait for the high school football season, That especially in the dog days of summer as a high school football fan. You're just waiting. You, you want August to be here. You want to start getting to uh, the the action itself and talk about fall camp and looking at the uh, taking a closer look at the schedules. All right, hey, here's where we're going this week. Um, but again, it, during the summer, getting these workout videos uh, is just really popular with the colleges. And to see John do that with the high school football team, and in particular, Helena High, it's great. I hope that in the, in the future, maybe we can see more of that and see maybe somebody do it for every high school football team. Again, it's a hope. Uh, I would love to have done it for uh, Flathead last couple of years. Um, just, you know, things didn't quite work out that way, but uh, would have loved to have done that. Like I said, to get the brand out there, uh, get more videos out there. I'm sure there are double A coaches. Again, they're, they're doing a lot of things as they already handle social media. Uh, but again, it would be great to see somebody, whether that's somebody that has some PR experience, video experience, uh, to be able to just put something together and, and get the content out there. Because like I said, it is exciting. And I know there's a great contingent of high school football fans across Montana that would also really, really enjoy uh, the content. So big shout out to John Kemper. Also want to talk about the Troy Strong Blood Drive that gets underway this week. We're talking about the third annual Troy Strong Blood Drive. The Blood Drive is to drive awareness about the importance of donating blood. Troy Ross is the son of Great Falls Central football head coach Wes Ross and amazing teacher and mom Callie Ross. In 2017, Troy fell very ill and had to be transported to Seattle Children's Hospital. After some time, it was discovered that Troy had a disease that causes his immune system to attack his lungs and respiratory system. I tried pronouncing this disease. Unfortunately, I cannot. But like I said, hopefully that description lets you know what this disease is. And so... Again, it's really important that people understand. And I didn't realize the importance. I maybe donated a couple of times throughout my life before I started donating um, the last couple of time, last couple of years. And so uh, I just donated blood, but I didn't understand the importance of it until I talked to both Wes and Callie and, and how much they're driving this, not only for their son, but for everybody. Because it's not just Troy. There's lots of kids or even adults that really do depend on donations and depend on blood in order to uh, survive. Now, the great thing is, is that Troy is looking like he's doing well. I saw his mom post pictures of him at the uh, University of Montana camp a couple of weeks ago. And so that was really cool to see. And I know Troy's a big Grizz fan, so I bet he was really excited uh, to be, one, on that field, and two, be able to do some football activities. So, again, uh, if you haven't had a chance to meet with Wes or Callie, if you had a chance to chat with them, like I said, they are fantastic people. Uh, I, listen, I, I love Wes, but I will say that Callie's Facebook posts – I'm telling you right now, Callie, if you figure out a way to get those all over the years, you should put those in a book, and I'm telling you, it'll be a New York Times bestseller. So, uh, But they are a great family, but again, it's really important, and they have really brought awareness to the importance of donating blood, and it's uh, just so important. So go out and donate. It's rather easy and painless for the most part. Uh, I chatted with Wes over the weekend. And he told me there are spots open in Great Falls, Billings, and Missoula. So if you're in one of those cities and you haven't signed up, do so. You'll be glad you did. Now, if there are no spots left, don't feel discouraged. You can schedule another time through the American Red Cross to donate blood in honor 
of Troy Strong. So again, let's take a look at these cities and dates. Uh, we're looking at June 23rd in Helena and Kalispell, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. June 23rd in Billings from 12.30 to 5.30 p.m. You got June 24th, which is 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., and those times are both in Great Falls and Missoula on June 24th. In Bozeman, it'll be June 29th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m., Unfortunately, I will not be able to give blood in Montana, but I will be doing so here in Florida. Uh, so again, make sure you get out there. Again, if there are no spots available in those cities for those particular blood drives, you don't have to find a spot like that. Just go through the American Red Cross, find out when you can donate, set up a time with them, and you can donate blood uh, in honor of Troy Strong. And just hit that or type in that uh, hashtag Troy Strong. It's just fine as well. Again, this is a great month to build awareness, but at the same time, it's not just about donating one time. You can donate multiple times. So make sure uh, that if you can, please do. Again, it's about getting awareness out there for the importance of donating blood. It really doesn't take long. For the most part, if you can, it's a rather painless process. And like I said, I definitely try and do that uh, whenever I get the opportunity. Over the weekend, we had the East-West Shrine game, an absolutely terrific all-star game for all the great football players across all classifications in Montana. The West snapping its three-game losing streak with a win, 21-12 over the East team. Tommy Vetkamp was the man as he took an interception and returned it all the way for a touchdown, helping spark the West team to victory. And uh, Jake Olson also catching a touchdown pass and a two-point conversion. Jake will be getting ready to suit up in the Grizz uniforms as he gets ready for fall camp here in a couple of months. He was named the offensive MVP. Tommy Vetkamp was named the defensive MVP for the West. Also, Colter Janicaro was named the overall MVP of the East-West Shrine game. He also scored a touchdown late to seal the victory for the West team. The East-West Shrine game is absolutely terrific. I got a chance to see it in 2019 uh, in Butte. Absolutely jam-packed. And uh, like I said, just a tremendous atmosphere. All the things that go along with this as well. Again, it's not just about an all-star football game. It's about generating funds and getting these funds to uh, the Shriners Hospital over in Spokane, which is for children. Again, uh, two kids each year are uh, the honorary captains, if you will, for the teams. And so, uh, like I said, it's just great uh, what the Shriners do and what this game provides over for the Shriners Hospital in Spokane. And again, uh, all the money that goes to uh, helping these kids and their families as they uh, deal with the tough circumstances. So I hope that the East-West Shrine game uh, hit their mark, hit their goal, or exceeded it, and was able to generate a lot of much-needed funds uh, for uh, the Shriners Hospital for Children in Spokane. Again, also congratulations to all the players that were named to the East-West Shrine All-Star Game rosters. Again, I know that's a big honor for those kids. So, again, congratulations to them and those kids that were able to play. I know the 2020 kids, they're going to be ones that will always be remembered. As Unfortunately, uh, the East-West Shrine game, which has been the longest-running All-Star football game, uh, going on. Unfortunately, they didn't get to play last year, and so uh, unfortunately, uh, they, they did get their jerseys, which is great. They were honored at halftime, but again, they're always going to be a story, unfortunately, as uh, they didn't get to play this game because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Also want to say congratulations, as I didn't get this episode out last week, but I want to say congratulations to the Helena High Bengals as they did win the Grizz 7-on-7 passing camp uh, two weekends ago. So congratulations to Coach Scott Evans and all the players that participated in that 7-on-7 camp at the University of Montana. Now it's time for Where Did They Go? 
I saw Caden Hewitt had a visit with UM. Isaiah Claunch went to Grand Forks to see North Dakota. Tommy Nilsson was at the Boise State Camp as well. Also, congrats to Tommy for an invite to the Hawaii Tiki Bowl. As far as commitments go, I know Riley Burgesson, who we talked about before, who was running a camp in the honor of his grandfather, also made his commitment known last week as he'll be going to the Naval Academy. And we also found out that Tanner Huff is headed to the Grizz as he made his commitment announced last week week so that is where did they go players let me know where you are headed by tagging me in your tweets when you visit a college campus or dm me on twitter or you can email me at knockonsports at gmail.com let's go ahead and dive into my way too early look series the four teams will break down as we will take a look at the glacier wolf pack the capital bruins billings west as well as the belgrade panthers First off, we're going to start with the Capital Bruins, who finished the season 4-5 and five on the year and 3-4 and four in the league, also with a playoff appearance last year. Bruins beat Flathead, Big Sky, and Hellgate in conference play, lost to Sentinel, Glacier, and Helena, and had a split with Butte, who ended up getting revenge in the postseason. The Capital Bruins were the five seed in the West. The last time they missed the postseason was the 2018 season. The Bruins are coached by Kyle Mahelish, who is going into his seventh season at the helm. Coach Mahelish is 39 and 27 as a head coach and 5 and 5 in the postseason. Seniors accounted for 12 touchdowns last season, while underclassmen scored 16. The seniors accounted for 38% of the points scored, while the underclassmen accounted for 61% of the points scored. 17 takeaways. 13 giveaways for a plus four turnover margin for the Capital Bruins. Now, the players graduating for the Capital Bruins is quarterback Matt Burton, who had 116 completions out of 230 attempts for about 50% completion percentage, 1,401 yards, eight touchdowns at nine interceptions, also ran 50 times for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Their leading running back, Tegan Cozy, 74 carries, 357 yards, eight touchdowns. Also had 14 catches for 163 yards. And on the defensive end, 24 tackles, five tackles for loss, and four sacks. Quinn Belcher, 34 catches, 385 yards, and two touchdowns last season as he was the leading receiver for the Capital Bruins. Derek Kirkland, eight receptions, 116 yards. Anthony Bouchard, eight catches, 85 yards. Chayton Winkle on defense, 106 tackles, 14 tackles for loss. You look at Race Neal, 101 tackles, six tackles for loss. Jared Litvet, I hope I said your name right. I apologize if I didn't. 58 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. Tyler Little, 54 tackles, 8.5 tackles for loss to go with 12 sacks. The leading sack artist last year in Class AA. Jacob Wellnell, 49 tackles, 1 tackle for loss, 1 interception, and 8 pass deflections. And you had Titan Purden, 34 tackles, 6 tackles for loss. That's wrapping up the players that are graduating the Capital Bruins. On the returning side for the Capital Bruins, Dylan Graham, 67 carries, 350 yards, 4 touchdowns, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Also had 3 catches for 26 yards. Carson DeRozier, 42 carries, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Tom Carter, the leading receiver coming back to this squad, he had 24 catches, 330 yards, and four touchdowns, while also carrying seven times for 49 yards and three touchdowns. Hayden Opitz had 11 catches for 115 yards. Eric Cockill, eight catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Kovic, four receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown to go along with it. 
One guy that I really am curious to see how he turns out this season, being it's his senior campaign, Taylor Marsh, 70 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, two sacks. Tucker Zanto, 51 tackles, six tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception, two pass deflections, two fumble recoveries as well. You also got Mason Green on the defensive side, 38 tackles, five tackles for loss, two interceptions. He's the team's Interception leader also had eight pass deflections. You got guys like Alex Briscoe, Ryan Grasmick. Uh, Grasmick on the special team side had 29 kickoffs for 1,372 yards for a 47.3 yard average. Three touchbacks on the extra point side, 20 of 26. Nick Michelotti on special teams had 34 points, 28.4 average with six punts inside the 20. Those are your top returning players for the Capital Bruins. Questions and outlooks for the Bruins this upcoming season. Obviously, one being who's going to be the starting quarterback for Capital, and is Dylan Graham the feature back for the Capital Bruins? It's been some time since they had a 1,000-yard rusher. Who will become the number two wide receiver to partner with Carter? Again, uh, he looks like he's going to be a number one wide receiver this year for the Bruins. Made some big-time plays last year, so I imagine he'll be that guy to step into that role for that next quarterback. But again, you're talking about in high school football having effective passing attacks. It's not about just truly having an outstanding number one. Can you also pair him with a good number two, a good number three, so that way defenses don't have to solely focus all their attention on one wide receiver? Is it Marsh or someone else that takes over as the sack artist uh, for the Capital Bruins defense? And what kind of size will the Bruins have this season? When they've had size, and I go back to a couple of years ago, 2016-2017, when I saw the Bruins, they had size along the offensive line. And if they have that once again, I think that takes this team uh, just a little bit further in the contender role for the Western Crown. If they've got the size. Again, I know I, I keep talking about it, but I can't, can't stop reiterating the fact that if you've got size in double-A football, it really does, along with having a good quarterback, it's those two factors that can really push your team into the uh, contender role, not only for the conference, but potentially for some championship hardware. How do the Bruins move out of the middle of the pack, and how do they catch their rival, Helena High? Obviously, that rivalry at the end of the season, always a big contest, and it's always a tight contest between the two schools. Uh, I don't know the last time that it was a blowout, but I know it's been close no matter uh, what kind of season's been had by either team. So the Capital Bruins uh, trying to knock down their uh, rivals, the Helena High Bengals. And uh, so how do they move themselves, again, into uh, that contender role? As Like I said, depending on who they have at quarterback, I think, and how uh, much success that person has or uh, how big the offensive line is and how many uh, holes they can open up for their running backs uh, to get that running game going. Because when Capital can run the football effectively and uh, even – uh, demonstratively, if you will, uh, they're a team to be reckoned with. And I mean, and they're a team that's tough any any given Friday night. So I'm saying that they don't have a big offensive line uh, doesn't mean that they're out of this role at all. But at the same time, it's just, you know, Capital, you're in for a dogfight. And uh, when they've got the size on their side as well, it makes them even tougher uh, to try and stop. Outlook for the Capital Bruins. The Bruins, I think, are a capable team and will be in the playoff mix. If this team wants to jump into that conversation of challenging for the Western crown, like I said, it will depend on the quarterback and the running game. Capital is a tough team every year. You have to bring your lunch pail when you face the Bruins. And Capital will have some great players coming back. I think Tom Carter is a playmaker along with Marsh and Tucker Zanto. On the defensive end, they could be some real disruptors uh, for the Capital defense and for opposing offenses. Capital, in my book, is close to being in the Western Crown conversation, but again, depends on the size and quarterback play. 
When you look at Capital this season in terms of their schedule, you're talking about them hosting Bozeman, they're hosting Flathead, they're hosting Big Sky, and they're hosting Hellgate. They are on the road against West, Glacier, Butte, Sentinel, and at the end of the season, obviously a home game against the Helena High Bengals. So that is the Capital Bruins schedule. That is a way-too-early look at the Capital Bruins. Let's go ahead and take a way-too-early look at the Billings West Golden Bears. Golden Bears went 9-1 last season, 7-0 in conference play. Only Bozeman was within a score of West. The last three seasons, the Golden Bears have gone 30-4 with a state title in 2018. Coach Rob Stanton is entering his seventh season as the head coach. He has compiled a 50-17 record and is 7-5 in the postseason. Last three years, multiple playoff wins. His teams haven't missed the postseason yet. Last time West missed the postseason, it was 2013. Billings West brings back the most All-State players from 2020 with 11. Billings West scored 430 points. Of those points, seniors accounted for 78 points. That's 13 touchdowns or 18%, while the underclassmen accounted for 307 points. That's 40 touchdowns which is about 71% of the scoring last season. West had a plus 308 point differential, and an average scoring margin in a game was 32 points. The Golden Bears turned the ball over 14 times and took it away 7 times, a minus 7 in the turnover battle. Now to take a look at players graduating, Jamin Medlock, on the running side, had 128 carries, 837 yards, 8 touchdowns, also played in the East-West Shrine game this past weekend. He had five catches for 65 yards on the season. Neil Daly, 22 catches, 411 yards, five touchdowns. Also had 14 tackles, two tackles for loss and one interception. And a guy I would not want to meet in the middle of the field. Zach Erbacher, eight catches, 62 yards. And on defense, one interception. Caden Paul had 45 tackles, seven tackles for loss, three sacks, one interception. Tanner Smith, 22 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one sack and one interception. Paul brought 15 tackles, two tackles for loss. Kylan Young had six tackles, four tackles for loss. So those are the players graduating for Billings West. When we take a look back at who's coming back for this team, as I mentioned in the opening episode of the podcast, how many players are coming back from that All-State team for uh, Billings West. You start with quarterback Isaiah Clonch, 127 completions out of 199 attempts, 63 completion percentage, 2,124 yards, 25 touchdowns, and only nine interceptions. Michael DeLeon, 89 carries, 559 yards, 12 touchdowns. On defense, had 20 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. Logan James had 28 carries, 132 yards, three touchdowns. Seth Arnett, 18 carries for 77 yards, two touchdowns. Caden Dowler, six carries, 57 yards. On the receiving side, 16 catches, 254 yards, five touchdowns. Also had an interception on defense. Man, that does it all for them. In Taco Dollar, in terms of special teams, defense, and offense, just an electrifying player. Five rushes for 36 yards, 51 catches for 1,048 yards, 13 touchdowns. Riley Burgesson, 16 catches, 222 yards. On defense, had 29 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss. Max Murphy did a whole lot of things for that team last year. Had six carries for 67 yards. Tyler Blackwire, uh, 13 tackles, two tackles for loss. And then you look at Spencer Berger, again, a a great kicker uh, for Billings West. He had 56 kickoffs for 1,404 yards. He had 18 touchbacks last season as well. 
18 punts, 598 yards, three inside the 20 extra points. He was 46 of 50 and seven for nine in field goals. His longest field goal last season was 32. Question and outlook for the Billings West Golden Bears. I think the first question is, is who's going to stop this team? This team has 11 All-State players coming back. They've got key guys at key positions. You're talking about one of the best players in all AA football, maybe one of the best players in all of Montana high school football in Taco Dollar, just simply because what he brings to the table, not only offensively, not even just defensively, also all three, special teams included. This guy had kick returns for touchdowns. Last year as well, um, you look at the receiving core for this team, you're talking about three really great receivers in Taco, Caden Dowler. You're also talking about uh, Riley Burgesson as well, along with the complement of guys they're going to add to that receiving core. You're talking about Michael DeLeon, a great running back, did some really nice things. Can't wait to see how he goes into the fall uh, from working hard this summer. The offensive line's got some big boys up front coming back as well. I think when you're, I think one of the things that maybe you'd have to take a look at is maybe defensively, it'd have to be on their front seven just because those are going to be some new players, some new faces in those positions. But again, when you look at Billings West, Every single year. I mean, it was a couple of years ago that they lost a lot of guys from that defensive side of the football. I think maybe they only had one or two starters coming back. They found guys. They have athletes. So I think the question really is, as I mentioned at the top, who's going to stop this team? Then on the back end of that same question, though, at the same time, how is Billings West going to handle the expectations? What are the leaders going to do for this football team? Because they got to the state championship last year. Listen, I know Sentinel's the defending champs, and again, no disrespect to Sentinel, but you're looking at probably the number one team at least going in to the season because they return so much. They have so many key guys back, as I just mentioned. This is a team that looks really, really dominant on paper. Again, we'll have to wait and see, and I know Coach Stanton, I'll have his guys ready. He's going to challenge his team not to just read the print and, and buy into all the things that are being said in the black and white ink. Uh, but like I said, I think this team, for them, it's going to be who stops them and how do they make sure they keep themselves challenged every single week uh, in terms of not saying that because they're just going to blow everybody out of the water. I'm not saying that there's some good teams in the East that are going to challenge Billings West. But I simply mean – how do you not settle? How do you not let that mentality uh, enter the mindset, not only during the summertime when they're working out, but at the same time during the football season? Say if they do go on a run, maybe they're 5-0, and they're 6-0, and they're 7-0 and by the time we get to the late in the season, and then even a, a, a deep postseason run as well. That is going to be one of the biggest questions because that's, that's, that's what's something that every team has to deal with. But again, with a team like I think with the expectations that Billings West is going to have coming into this season, I think that has got to be something that they are going to look at. When you're looking at a question, that is one, I think, for the Billings West Golden Bears. I'm sure Coach Stanton is going to have the way he's going to do it. Uh, again, he has not missed a, po a postseason. I do not anticipate that he will, and I know he'll challenge those guys as well. But like I said, too, and it's something that I've realized, even looking back at my time, it's about that leadership. Who are the guys that can really resonate with everybody and get everybody on the same page? It's always about leadership, and those are the guys that are going to really make sure that everyone stays uh, level-headed and make sure that they're uh, – the goal is always at the front of the mind and know that it takes sacrifice and work every single day to get to where this team wants to get to. There are 16 teams. They all want a double-A championship at the end of the season in late November. Remember. Then the next question I think is, is, okay, of the guys we've talked about, how are they going to improve upon a season that they just had? Like Isaiah Clanch, 
What areas is he looking uh, to improve on in his game? How about Michael DeLeon, Taco Dowler, Caden Dowler, Riley Burgesson, the offensive lineman as well, uh, on the back end of the defense? I mean, I think that's really a question mark for these guys is because we, we've seen how good they can be last year. How do they improve upon that? When I look at the outlook of this football team, I think they're definitely the favorite in the East. Uh, again, I don't think it's all, but uh, I don't think it's just West and everybody else. I think there's some teams that's definitely going to challenge Billings West. Uh, but right now, I think they are the front runner in the East, and I think they are definitely a legit contender for a AA championship once again. They just got one in 2018. Uh, they could win one again here in 2021. They definitely got the players to do so. And so uh, I think this is definitely a playoff team. I think that potentially the road could go through Billings. And, again, that's been that's been the case the last couple of years. In some form or fashion, it seems to always go through Billings uh, in the playoffs, whether it be a West team or even uh, an Eastern Conference team at that. So. This is going to be a good football team. Uh, if you're in Billings and you're able to watch this team play, they're going to be exciting. They've got some tremendous football players. Uh, again, a lot of guys getting ready to graduate as well, and a, guy, a lot of guys that are trying to make names for themselves uh, to get to uh, get those scholarships and, and get the chance uh, to play some big-time college football. So this team will be exciting, to say the least. Taking a look at Billings West's schedule right now on the road, Billings West will play Sentinel at Gallatin at Great Falls. They'll be the road team against Senior, and they'll be on the road against CMR. The home schedule for Billings West will be against Capital, Belgrade, Skyview, and Bozeman. That is Billings West's schedule for the 2021 season. We'll have a further breakdown of the schedule for the Eastern and Western Conference teams in later episodes of the Knock on Sports Show podcast. That is a way too early look at the Billings West Golden Bears. Reminder, you are listening to the Knock On Sports Show podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at the Knock On Sports, or you can subscribe to the Knock On Sports Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Podbean app as well. You can also hit the subscribe button, and you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button at the top of the Podbean app. Let's take a look at another team from the Eastern Conference, and that is the Belgrade Panthers. The Belgrade Panthers didn't get the opportunity to play a full schedule last year. The games they did play, they went 0-5. Closest game and probably the most exciting game was against Gallatin, a tough 2019 loss. The Panthers lost to Senior West, Skyview, and CMR. The Panthers, since they moved up to AA after the 2018 season, have only one win. I think, though, there is reason for optimism for the Panthers. Coach Eric Kinnaman is going into his 15th season at the helm. He has been head coach since 2007. Coach Kinnaman has led the Panthers to 10 playoff appearances out of 14 seasons. As head coach, he has a 68-64 record and a 5-10 playoff record. Points were tough to come by. Seniors accounted for four touchdowns, about 45% of the point production. Underclassmen accounted for four touchdowns as well and three extra points. That gave them a slight edge at 50%. So they do have points coming back to this team in 2021. This team gave the ball away 13 times while taking it away seven times, a minus six in the turnover margin. Players that graduated, Tyler Gordon had 12 carries for 27 yards, two catches for 13 yards, 58 tackles, was the leading tackler on the defense, had eight tackles for loss and one and a half sacks. Alex Casasa had five carries for five yards on defense, 29 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss and one and a half sacks. Cedric Miller Jr. caught 19 balls for 316 yards and four touchdowns. Garrett Anderson on defense, 14 tackles, one tackle for loss. Patrick Marenko. 
13 tackles and one interception. Those are your players that have graduated. When you take a look at the players returning on this list, Austin Spangler uh, was the quarterback with the most attempts last year. Uh, he had he completed 32 out of 58 attempts for 55% completion percentage, 428 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. On the defensive side, had 20 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, and one interception. Gage Rudick had 68 carries, 188 yards, also had four catches for 22 yards. Gage, if I pronounced your name wrong, I do apologize. Evan Major, 13 carries, 37 yards. On defense, had an interception. Tavius Randall had five carries, 15 yards, three catches for 49 yards and two touchdowns. Wyatt Lambeth had seven catches for 76 yards. Also had eight carries for 13 yards for two touchdowns. Aiden Kolbeck had three catches for 44 yards. On the defensive side, 15 tackles, one tackle for loss, two interceptions. And then also on special teams, had 13 kickoffs for a 38-yard average. Extra point-wise, he was 3 of 7. Tyrus Hardy on defense, 35 tackles, 6.5 tackles for loss. Asher Fettis on defense had 24 tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss, 1.5 sacks. Hunter Groff had 15 tackles for 2.5 tackles for loss. Dyson Kinneman on defense had 12 tackles. Special teams-wise, he had 20 punts for 524 yards, a 26.2 average, 1 inside the 20. Also have Zayden Cunningham, who had 6 tackles, 1 tackle for loss, and a key offensive lineman coming back. So those are the players that are returning for Coach Eric Kinneman in 2021. Questions and the outlook for the Panthers. Panthers have weapons, but who looks to lead the way for this team? Who, along with Hardy, can get after the quarterback for Belgrade? And what kind of size does Belgrade have? And what kind of depth will they have this upcoming season? And can the Panthers get more takeaways from their defense this season? The outlook for this team, they were young last year and have a lot of the game experience. They have their interception leader back in Colbeck. This team will also be getting Cash Fike back, who missed last season due to injury. Sounds like he will be the starting quarterback this upcoming season. Glad to see him back. Coach Kinnaman also mentioned some pretty good linemen in his ranks as well. Hardy could be another guy that is in the mix for the sack title. Really can't wait to see uh, what this guy does throughout the summer as well as this upcoming fall. We shall see how much work he has put into this offseason. I think Belgrade has a lot of talent to be a really competitive ball club in the Eastern Conference, which is already going to be really tough. There have been some growing pains moving up to AA, but I think this team is ready to start pushing back in the AA. The key will also be injury-free. Injuries have hurt this team in the past. Taking a look at Belgrade's schedule on the road, they will see Glacier, Bozeman, and West, and Skyview. On the home side, they'll take on Hellgate, CMR, Great Falls, Gallatin, and Senior. So that is the Belgrade Panthers schedule for 2021 and a way too early look of the 2021 Belgrade Panthers. Now let's take a way too early look at our second Western Conference team, and that is the Glacier Wolfpack. The Wolfpack finished 6-3 last season, third in the Western Conference. The Wolfpack took down Capitol, Butte, Big Sky, Hellgate, and Flathead. The Wolfpack lost to Sentinel and Helena. Wolfpack head coach Grady Bennett is entering his 15th season as the pack's leader. He has a 97-60 record, will likely hit the 100-win milestone sometime this season. Grady is also 12-10 in the playoffs. The Wolfpack last missed the playoffs in 2017, and since the school has begun, they've only missed the postseason 
three times, 2008, 2009, and 2017. Glaciers scored 312 points last season while giving up 225. The point differential is a plus 87, and the average scoring margin in a game was 24 points. The seniors scored 42 points, which accounted for 14% of the team's total points. The underclassmen accounted for 84% of the points scored, while Jake Rendina accounted for 58% of the points scored last season. Glacier defense took the ball away 19 times while giving it away 14 times. Glacier had a plus-5 turnover margin. Players graduating last season, quarterback J.T. Allen. He completed 117 passes out of 204 attempts for a 57% completion percentage with 1,443 yards, 8 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. He also ran the ball 54 times for 65 yards and 2 touchdowns. Casey Pfeiffer had 18 carries for 97 yards, 5 catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Also had 16 tackles. Ethan Deedy. 12 receptions, 145 yards, two touchdowns. On defense, he had 35 tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, three interceptions, and three pass deflections. Mason Naomi had nine catches for 116 yards, one touchdown. On the defensive side, 31 tackles, three tackles for loss. George Hearn, on the receiving end, caught seven balls for 110 yards, one touchdown. And then on the defensive side, had 28 tackles, five tackles for loss, and three and a half sacks. Cole Johnson had nine catches, 82 yards on the defensive side, 30 tackles, one tackle for loss, three interceptions, and one pass deflection. A.J. Wood was a heavy hitter on defense with 66 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and two interceptions. Ben Stotts, 56 tackles, eight tackles for loss. Drew Spear, 51 tackles. Tyler Hausman on defense, 46 tackles, five tackles for loss, four interceptions, and two pass deflections. He was the interception leader on the team. Rocco Bakari, the outstanding defensive lineman, had 35 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss. And Tyler Pallets who had 22 tackles, four tackles for loss, and five and a half sacks. Those are the players graduating. Now the players that are coming back. Jake Rendina, 228 carries, 1,326 yards, and 28 touchdowns. He averaged 5.8 yards per carry. Also had seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. Rendina accounted for 37% of the offense's total yards last season and 55% of the touchdowns. Wyatt Thomason, 14 carries, 104 yards, two touchdowns. On the defensive side, 33 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one interception, three pass deflections, and two sacks. He was seventh in tackles last season and the leader coming back. Jake Turner, 26 catches, 390 yards, two touchdowns. Connor Sullivan on the receiving end caught 17 balls for 200 yards on defense, one interception, one pass deflection. Luke Belau, the outstanding tight end, had 16 catches for 186 yards and another outstanding kicker in Class AA, Patrick Rohrbach. 45 kickoffs, 2,471 yards, a 54.9 average, had 20 touchbacks last season. On the punting side, he had 30 punts for 1,095 yards, a 36.5 average, and had six inside the 20. In terms of extra points, went 36 of 37 and 1 of 4 in field goals. Now to take a look at the questions and outlook for this team. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Once again, Grady Bennett having another quarterback battle. Who's going to lead the way? And here's a big one for everybody in AA. 
This isn't so much a question about the Glacier Wolfpack, but more a question for the entire AA. Who can bring down Jake Rendina? Is he the Derrick Henry of Class AA football this season? That guy has got tree trunks for legs. I think Earl Campbell called. He wants his thighs back. I mean, this guy is going to be tough to bring down. I know he did a lot of work uh, in the offseason, especially in the gym. He is going to be a, a tough force to bring down. Glacier's got a couple of receivers and a tight end that could really put up some high-flying numbers. Who's going to be some other guys that help in that department in terms of playmaking? And at the same time, too, I mean, while you can count on Jake Rendina, who's going to be that second back? Maybe that change of pace back for Glacier that can really put defenses uh, on their toes and, you know, find someone that can really help him out. Because, again, a lot of carries last year. Again, put up prolific numbers, uh, but again, you're going to want Jake Rendina, especially in the postseason, fresh and be able to use that size and power to really start using him as a battering ram once you're talking about getting into postseason play. So who can be that second running back uh, for Glacier? Who's going to be back on the offensive line? Who are going to be some key big boys up front to open holes for Jake Rendina as well as uh, get protection for their new quarterback? Defense lost a lot. A lot of new names will be into the fold for the defensive side. Who's going to be taking over the roles of getting to the quarterback and going to be taking the ball away? That's going to be a big question for the Glacier Wolfpack because when you're talking about teams that find themselves in state championship games defensively, if you can get after the quarterback and get the ball away from the other team, and that'll create short fields for the offense, which means even more scoring opportunities for the truck that is Jake Rendina. Here's the outlook for the Glacier Wolfpack. They've got a ton of offensive firepower back. They've got a great kicker and roar back coming back as well. A guy that can really uh, pin team pin teams deep in their own territory. Again, you're talking about a guy that put 20 touchbacks on the season last year. When you're telling offenses that they can't start any further than the 20-yard line, that is going to be a long night for offenses. And again, defend on the and again, on the punting side as well, six punts inside the 20. That's just a weapon from the special team's perspective. On top of what we mentioned with Jake Rendina, like I said, they've got the receivers and the tight end to go along with it. Again, can you ride Jake Rendina to a second state championship for the program? Possibly, but they're going to need to find someone that can spell him. Again, with a Wolfpack defense, like I said, again, you can be that bend but don't break defense. But again, this is going to be a team that's really going to want to get somebody after the quarterback and as well as a guy that can, or a couple of guys that can be that turn over machine for that defense. I look at Glacier, as I mentioned, again, a contender in the West. I think what's really going to set this team in the motion to be a double-A title contender is what kind of size they have up front and how the quarterback play is for the Glacier Wolfpack. Because, again, I think this is a team that's in that realm. They're, they're not quite there. I, I think when you look at teams uh, right now, I think you look at them and you say, okay, you know West is in the conversation. You look at Sentinel, you got to put them in the conversation for a double-A crown. But I think Glacier is just at that cusp. They could potentially be in that conversation. But again, I, I think how they answer that quarterback battle and how much size they have uh, will really determine whether or not they're a team that really puts themselves, at least on paper before the season even starts, in that title contender role. But I think Glacier is going to be a really, really tough team. I expect them to be in the postseason uh, once again. And uh, this is going to be another exciting team. If you get a chance to see Jake Rendina run the football, definitely buy a ticket. It is worth admission. Uh, this dude's going to be fun to watch this upcoming season. And he's going to be one of the top players in AA football. When you look at the Glacier Wolfpack schedule, 
They will be taking on Belgrade at home. They'll be playing Big Sky at home, Capital at home, and they'll have Flathead and Hellgate uh, at home as well. On the road, Glacier will have to go to CMR. They'll be on the road against Sentinel at Helena and at Butte. So that is the schedule for the Glacier Wolfpack and a way too early look for the Wolfpack here in the fall of 2021. So that wraps up this episode's edition of our Way Too Early Look series as we took a look at the Capital Bruins, the Billings West Golden Bears, the Belgrade Panthers, and the Glacier Wolfpack. We'll take a look at our final four teams in our next episode, which will be released this Friday. If you haven't had a chance, check out the Montana AA Prep football page. As my good friend Tyler has been doing interviews with high school football players across Class AA. And players like Dylan Zink from Flathead, Jake Rendina from Glacier, also Tucker Zanto as well. So uh, And many, many more. So check out those uh, conversations by going to the Montana AA Prep football page on Facebook. While you're there, you can also check out the interview Tyler did with Wes Ross discussing the Troy Strong Blood Drive. Again, the Troy Strong Blood Drive is a blood drive to drive awareness about the importance of donating blood. AA cities across the state of Montana will be hosting a Troy Strong Blood Drive June 23rd in Helena and Kalispell from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. On the same day in Billings, it's from 12.30 to 5.30 p.m. On June 24th in Great Falls and Missoula, the time is between 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. And then on June 29th in Bozeman from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. So make sure uh, that you sign yourself up and uh, donate some blood. Again, if you uh, can't get in those particular days, uh, don't worry. You can just sign up to the American Red Cross to donate blood. Just set up a time that works for you, and you can donate blood in the name of Troy Strong as well. Again, it doesn't mean that you have to do it those particular days. You can donate anytime and donate blood. And again, it is helping and going to a great cause to help so many people across the country. So that'll wrap up this episode of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to make a comment, ask a question, or leave some feedback, you can do so on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Just leave a comment at the bottom of the episode, or you can hit me up on email at knockonsports at gmail.com. You can message me on Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, so any way you want to communicate with me, you can do so. Leave me some feedback, questions. Uh, definitely we'll try and answer those or get to those uh, here on the podcast. I want to say thank you to Patreon members already, as uh, Coach Dan Oswald supporting the show, as well as my good friend Jordan Hillesheim and John Kemper. Again, if you want to support the show, uh, you can click on the Patreon button at the top of the Podbean uh, site for the Knock On Sports Show podcast. Again, all proceeds go to uh, helping the podcast and going into the podcast, whether it be hosting fees or updating equipment here for the show. So coming up on the next episode of the podcast, we'll get you the latest news and notes around AA football. Where did they go continues as we get you the latest where AA football players are traveling, whether it be college visits or individual camps, whether that be in state of Montana or out of the state of Montana. And we'll wrap up with my way too early look series with our final four teams in class AA football. Remember to hit the subscribe button, whether it be on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or through the Podbean app or wherever you download your podcasts. I'm your host, Anthony Knockreiner, and I am knocking out.